You know how you guys listen to Two Girls, One Ghost, or is that just me? Uh, it's just you. Oh, well, sometimes in the back, one of the girls, um, her name is Sabrina, sometimes you just, like, hear her cat, like, they'll just be like, la 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 like, fat fit fun, or ghost, and then you hear shit, <laughs> in the background, and I'm like, you might hear that, you might hear a dog, you might hear a lizard, you might hear Wes in the background, you never know what you're gonna hear in my house. <laughs> Do lizards make sounds? No, I was just being weird. Uh, well, I mean... I mean, I knew duck- that, obviously. <laughs> Ducky can, uh, she kind of, like, Sometimes it's like, 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 deflate. Like, <laughs> not deflate. I don't know. I imagine they made a sound like. Yeah. I feel like they just like scritch scratch around as they're like <laughs> walking on stuff. Like that would be like quiet, like in the back of your throat, like kind of like, kind of like a baby, but quieter. Like, you know. Well, I mean, like alligators, like baby alligators are like. Mm, mm. Good morning, and welcome back to Sinister Sunrise. I'm Erin. I'm Hot Diggity Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had two hot dogs yesterday and two for lunch today. I'm on a diet, and it's fantastic. My name is Sarah. Uh, this is AA for eating. Your White Claw Outlaw and Pet Mama is here reporting for duty. Oh. Hold on. Let me corral the creators. Hold on, please. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> How down let me crowd in creators. <laughs> I'm making that onto a t-shirt. God, they have no boundaries. Jesus. Okay. Anyway, hi guys. Welcome. <laughs> Morgan, since you mentioned <laughs> Morgan, since you mentioned white claws, I was at my uh Fred's parents' lake house and she had like a redneck themed birthday party and she Hell had a white yeah. claw flag. That said, ye claw, and it had a like cowboy hat on top of the claw, and now I need to find it and just get it for you, so you can That's hang it up. That's the sound of me writing this down. Yes, I think she said Amazon. I have not checked it out yet, but it was pretty cool. I will wear that motherfucker white. like a dress. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! I don't know if it matters what type of white claw it is. I think the flavor was grapefruit, so I don't know if that's you know. I mean, it's if that's a hard sell, but. I mean, it looked pretty I'm, cool. I'm not, I'm not disappointed in the flavor. Obviously, we all know Mango Morgan is here to play. So if there's a Mango mm-hmm. <laughs> Claw uh, flag, I would greatly appreciate that. But holy shit, wow, what a fun yeah. party! I'm very jealous. That sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, I haven't been to a redneck party in forever. Granted, I didn't dress up because I came way later. Because she's but. the glue. Uh, <laughs> That's not glue of you. I know. I'm sorry. I could have tried. I literally went through all of like, because I have two bins of clothes from like sorority stuff. And I think I just gave everything away because in my head I was like, oh, I should have this and this. And then I couldn't find them. Erin, I think we went to a white trash bash together and your outfit, while you may have been wearing a sorority t-shirt, that could be replaced with anything. So... Pretty sure you had no regrets written on, no ragrets, excuse me, written and on your I know, but I couldn't do that with work, so. And a <laughs> oh, it was a work party? No, 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 no. Oh. But I had work oh, coming up. Work. <laughs> you oh. know what I mean? I mean, you know. I, I guess I could have tried fine. to wash it off, but. I think you would have been Just fine. wear a high I mean, neck. I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure you had a beauty mark, red lipstick, like, it, we may have to dig that out, we might find that picture. I'm just saying. Oh, let's not. 
Oh, I'm making a themed Sarah, episode. Sarah, write that down. Sarah, write that down. <laughs> Find picture of Aaron with pregnant fake baby Lily. Oh, my God. I think I have it saved as a screenshot, to be honest with you. Same, same. as I have you as Danny Zuko. Me? Oh, yes. yeah. You always say that, and I always forget. I, for- I always forget. I don't. Me. We like our themes. Send me that again. But besides <laughs> my weekend, how have you guys been? Really good. So good. I had a lot of hot dogs. Um, me and Andrew had a date night the other night, and he made dinner. And then he's like, I have a surprise for you. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what is it? He bought me the new Sims expansion pack. And that's Ooh, how I know we will be keeper. married forever. Because <laughs> oh he's like, I heard God. you talking about it. And I had a couple beers the other day and thought, you know what? Sarah would really like this one. And Sims <gasps> is killing it. Yeah, it's the ecosystem Sims. So your Sims like clean oh. up this town and like make it more like less, not more. It makes it like less polluted and it gets prettier as you go. It's cool. <laughs> I get to recycle stuff. There's a 3D printer in it. So, Sims, sponsor us. You're killing it. I didn't even know that existed. Yep. Huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good job, Clavin. Yeah, so that's what I did. And I am a happy camper. As soon as we get off here, I am going to build an eco-friendly restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. That's awesome. Thank uh, you. What about you, Morgan? What did I do? Oh, I got my engagement pictures taken. Hey. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were, you know, I'm awkward as hell, and we had, were in a coffee shop for some of them, so we were, like, kissing, and this one guy literally watched the entire session. He was just, like, glued, like, looking straight ahead at me, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so awkward. But it's fine. Oh, gosh. Um, hopefully, I've only seen, like, one and a half pictures, so hopefully they turned out okay. It was my sister-in-law. Shout out to her. Thank you for hey. helping me look pretty decent. She did my hair, too, because you know I gotta look fly. And I can't do beachy <laughs> waves. I'm not there yet. <laughs> the picture I saw looked really good. I think they're gonna be great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, um, other than that, I just hung around. I got to swim with my niece over the weekend. She trusted me enough to learn how to jump in the deep end. I felt very accomplished. <laughs> yes, you <Aww>. <laughs> This is the pale one that puts on sunscreen. Yes. It's great. She's so cute. Because we pale. Because <laughs> we're pale. <laughs> Cutie. Yeah, yeah. Erin, you got a game for us? I can see you, like, on the edge of your seat. Chomping I do. Game. I'm very, very excited about this game. And I actually, so I got the idea from you, Sarah, and I also watch this other YouTube channel. It's called Fandom Entertainment, but it's Screen Junkies. Okay. So they do... I'm like worried. a Price is Right game, but it's like cameo style. So they just share a celebrity's name, and then you have to guess how much their cameo video would be if oh, you want them yeah. to make a video for you. So we're going to do the Price is Right version of that. And I have someone that's going to help me and who picked out the celebrities. Did you pay for a celebrity? No. Who is in your house? Who is it? Well, you'll see in just a second. Oh my God, it's Megan! Oh, yes! Oh! I paid $500 for her! Oh! Sarah said she paid $500 for you. Yes. Sorry, for her cameo, not for her as a person. That seems a very illicit. Oh. Yes, as a just cameo. for the cameo, not herself. <laughs> I couldn't afford you. <laughs> so I told Megan about this game idea, and I told her to pick five people. She picked mm-hmm. six in case we need like a tiebreaker. 
So she has five people. If we're not sure who it is, she'll kind of just explain it. Um, So they can range from, I guess, super popular to maybe not. And then we'll each go in order and guess what price we think they are. And whoever's closest gets the point. And this whoever has the most points wins. Is this this is a cameo for a YouTube video? So it's um, have you seen like Sarah's videos that sometimes she takes of like the celebrities uh, that will make little videos for her work? I can. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was like, what in the world are you talking about? So that like little blurb from them, how much that little blurb costs? Yes. Yeah. You'd be surprised. I'm going to be so freaking bad at this. All right, let's go. Oh, I'll be too. Hey, but quick question. Quick question. If yes. we guess over, are we out? Is it one of those? Is it closest? Well, let's see. Because if we're all over, <laughs> then maybe we can just see who's the closest. Okay. 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 So we'll do it like traditional rules. If you're over, you're out. But if we're all over. <laughs> I'm just going to say we'll $1 just say, for all of them. Yeah. $1. One, one <laughs> we'll just say screw it. Okay. All right. Megan, who's our first celebrity? Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Oh, wow. Is he in the room with you? It sounds just like him. <laughs> do we write it down or do we say it? Um. So we can start. Sarah, we'll start with you, then Morgan, then me. Oh, Jesus. And then Morgan and me. And then we'll go on that way. So, Sarah, you can guess first. $210. Dolores. Okay. Sarah I wrote it down. Awesome. $210? $210. For a yes. cameo? Does no way, who bro. Are, who he well, he wears Wait, those big we, clocks yeah. around his neck. I feel like he's got to pay for that somehow. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I'm Probably. Saying, I'm, I'm saying for a little cameo like that, 1200 Oh, you're oh. a big spender. Yeah. Oh, shit. So we have I got a little bit of money, a little bit of money. <laughs> 210, 1200. I'm just going to go. Ooh. Ah. I'm going to say 100. I don't. Ooh. I'm going to go low. 100. Okay, Megan. Are we finding out now? Yes, we are finding out right now. Dun, 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 dun. $350. $350. So, Sarah, you get it. Damn. <laughs> I got smart. a little bit of money. I'll pay Flav, my bills. Flav, I had way, way too much faith in you. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> all right, now Flav, I know. Uh, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Damn, I could pay for that. Can I talk to him? If I send him $350, can I talk to him on Skype? No, you don't talk to him. They just send you a video like, hey, Morgan. Hey, I heard you had a great day and you want to celebrate with Flavor Flav. <laughs> like that. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. I don't think there's even a time limit. Some of them are like three seconds. Okay. Who's next? I'm feeling hot. John Daly. John Daly. Professional golfer. Guy. Oh. He always has a cigar. He always. He's like an old, really good golfer. Oh, shoot. Oh, no one's ever heard of him? I'll show you a picture of him. I've All heard right. of the name. Crazy, like always wears kind of like kooky outfits. Look at him. Yeah, let me see this guy. guy. Oh my god. Oh, okay. I you know what you're know talking who, about. Yeah. Share it with the class. Oh. Uh, never seen. That I'm saying eighty dollars. Wes and Clavin would know who John Daly is. Here he is in a nice, ew, ew. <laughs> not He's Hawaiian shirt, so but <laughs> I'm saying eighty eight zero. Okay. I thought everyone uh, I'm gonna say 150. Ooh, 150? Yeah. 
If Flav was 300, then God, this is watch a good him be game. the twelve hundred dollar one. I'll say two hundred. I'll go two hundred. You know, it's not lost like on me, Aaron. Though, in your golf? game, you get to go yes, last. You guys really underestimated him. Okay. Seven hundred and fifty dollars. Are you oh kidding my me? God! I lost John Dillon. <laughs> you guys, we're doing something wrong. We need Wait, to become I, more did famous. I win? Yeah. Wait, no, no, yeah, I won because I said two hundred. Mother yeah. fucker! So one point for me and one point for Sarah, and then Morgan. This time you get to guess first. Yeah, this game is rigged, Aaron. <laughs> All right, who am I? I feel like I always think they'd be a lot lower. <sighs> well, hello, I, I did a shot in the dark apparently with Flavor Flav. Damn. Yeah, minutes. it's hard. Okay, who's number three? Carol Baskin. Oh, husband whacked him. <laughs> Can't convince me that it did happen. Damn. All right, we going. She got to feed them tigers, bro. Uh, mm-hmm. $650. $650? Yeah. Okay. She's popular right I'm now. thinking she is popular, but she runs that like free thing. I'm saying under $100, like $90. 90 Yes. Then I'll go, I'll go $150. I'll kind of go in between. God, I, I bet it's one fifty. How much is it? One ninety nine. Yes. This is me flipping the table. I'm oh, sorry. Did I just get, did I just get six hundred dollars? Oh my god. Six fifty. God. What? Really? What Not- this is doing is making us put a price tag on famous people. I don't think they're worth nothing. Don't upset. they make their own price tag? Yes. I'm upset. With okay. We're guessing so- what we think they're worth. What they're worth to us. I would just like to think it's more affordable. Like, who wouldn't want a video? You know from who Carol I really Baskin want. You know who I really want. Like, happy want? birthday, <laughs> me. You know who I really want a cameo from? Carol Baskin's husband. Oh wait, we can't because she killed him. Because <laughs> she whacked him. She whacked him. <laughs> what if he's like from the grave? Like, I'm still alive. Oh wait, no, he's from the grave. Screw it. Who's next? <laughs> Who's number four, Megan? Ice Cube. Ooh. That's a good one. How much was Flavor Flav again? 300? Three, yeah. Yeah, he was 300 and something. 350, right, for Flavor Flav? Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Am I, ne- am I going? Because I suck? I'll uh, guess first okay. this time. Okay. Oh, Ice Cube. I'm going to guess 500. Do you want to go last or second, Morgan? Because I got to guess. <laughs> go. You can go. I'm guessing $320. All right. Um, I- I was gonna guess four fifty. So okay, so we have five hundred for me, three twenty for Sarah, and four fifty for Morgan. It's five hundred. <gasps> yes. <laughs> okay, I don't think we're gonna need a tiebreaker. <laughs> I do want to see who the last one is. <laughs> yeah, let's hear. It, let's hear. It. Who's the last one? I have six. Okay, we can do both. We'll have fun with it. Um, Six was supposed the, to be okay, tiebreaker. The next one is Floyd Mayweather. Ooh. Oh. Ooh, he's bougie. I don't want to guess first. <laughs> I can. Okay. Okay, go, Sarah. Yeah. Four hundred. Okay, Four hundred dollars. He's got a lot of flair. I see him putting a high price tag on his time. Morgan, what do you think? Two fifty. Two fifty. I'm gonna say one million dollars. Six eighty. Ooh, uh, 
I'm not good at this. My life be like $999. $999. Are you serious? Who is buying that? Who has that money? With Patreon, we could buy that. <laughs> Donate now. <laughs> we don't have one, but we could. We could. And then they can give us a paid shout out. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if Morgan can get one freaking point. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> who's number six? <laughs> yeah, who is it? Who is it? This yeah, is gonna be number this, six. This is our comeback, Morgan. Mike, we'll just situation <gasps> from Jersey Shore. Okay, I really want to guess this. Spat out my water. Go, go, go. I'll go last. I don't care. 120. Okay. Oh, you'll go last. Sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Sarah said 120. I think 510. 375. 375 is what Morgan said. 300. Oh, oh Morgan! Ah! Yeah! <laughs> That's the situation coming in for me, hot. <laughs> Let's see those allies, bro. Mm, 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 mm. So technically, Megan, do you want to maybe look another one up? Because Sarah has one and Morgan has one. So we technically would need a tiebreaker if we considered number six. Dun, dun, dun. Please, sister. Guess how much it would take for me to do a cameo for you. Zero Three dollars. seconds. One hot dog. <laughs> oh, you said how much money? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a whole cart of hot dogs. I'd also go for a Red Bull, sugar-free. I still have yet to get one from anybody. Look alive. <laughs> I went a whole week without drinking them, and then I had a couple, and now I just want more. I can't believe you went a whole week and didn't, like, die. Took a lot of Tylenol. Well, caffeine withdrawal is real. And oh, now I'm back on the Ferris wheel. That's true. I'm sorry I didn't buy you sugar free for your birthday. I'm up. I didn't. I got you regular. My bad. No, I like regular ones with booze. So thank you. Oh, cool. I'm a complicated lady. <laughs> I'm with you. Do you have you tried the like blueberry one? Um, yeah, I like the blueberry one. There's a couple I don't like, but there is like an orange one that tastes really good in this mixed drink. The called... actor who played Hodor in Game of Thrones. Oh, he's so also just a DJ. You His name's Christian Nairn. But okay, okay. Hodor from Game of Thrones. This is I'm gonna go 120 one. again. I'm yeah, this is a big one. I'll go 300. No, 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 no. One, 250, nope. 250, 250, 250. <laughs> okay. How much is it? Uh, $99. <gasps> so Sarah gets that one. See, mm. that's what I would expect. Mm. Mm. I'm leaving the Hold podcast. That door. Goodbye. Hold that door so I can Look walk through. <laughs> I want oh, I beat that. you. Mm. 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 And Mix up beat. Last Hodor. again. I bet he has five stars on Cameo. Well, thank you for finding those. Did you guys like that game? I did. Thanks for coming no. on down, Megan. Bye. 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 Thanks for your cameo. <laughs> Not gonna pay for it. <laughs> Are they making fun of me? No, they're not making no. fun of you. No. They would never do that, Megatron. <laughs> Megatron! Yes, <laughs> I don't like that she looked in my eyes. Is that a me? Yeah, you don't, you don't have to look. She looked like that girl from fucking... Uh, she is hot. It's a hot girl. All right, listen. I, I would be not- so happy. I didn't like that game. I don't like games I'm not good at. A.K.A. 
uh, I guess you could call me a sore loser. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, that was a really good game. That was really fun. That was really different. Thank yeah. You, Aaron. Yes, thank you. Welcome you. again, though. Also, yeah. I mean, thank you to the Screen Junkies page for giving me the idea because I thought it was really fun. So maybe that'll come back up in a future game of mine. So look out. I think I'm going to buy my parents one for their anniversary, but I probably need to buy it like this evening. Ooh, who are you thinking? Um, Kenny Wallace. What He's this that? uh like race car driver guy. My dad follows him I on knew stuff. It. He's funny. I knew it was going to be a race car driver. <laughs> oh, yeah. My dad's like, oh, 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 look at this video, Sarah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's hilarious. He's on the front porch. <laughs> but he's All only right. like $50, so I said. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I would too. Does he yeah, just go like, that's happy cool anniversary, idea. move on? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. I'm going to sign up for that right after we get off here. I am actually putting a little star by that. I'm sure it wouldn't take that long to make either. Yeah, I, I don't mean, I don't know how in detail they get with their videos, but... I would say not that much. Yeah. No. I don't know. I'm not a celebrity. But Aaron, you are for the moment. Speaking to your microphone. Woo-hoo. What story you got? All right. <laughs> so, our friend Brooke told me about this Forensic Files episode, and it's a case that I had never heard of before. So I checked it out, and after watching it, I knew I needed to tell you guys about it. The episode is titled (laughs) Shot of Vengeance, and you can find it on Netflix. If you're looking for the specific episode, it's episode 39 in their third collection. I think they have every single episode. The other sources I used are Wikipedia, Wired.com, and State versus Schmidt, a court document I found on FindLaw.com. The story is definitely a doozy, so I'm just going to get right into it. On August 16, 1994, in the small town of Lafayette, Louisiana, Janice Trahan, a single mother to two children, scheduled an appointment with her doctor when she started to feel pain in her eyes. Her doctor told her not to worry, that it was probably her sinuses acting up, but when her symptoms persisted and she noticed her lymph nodes were swollen, she reached out to her gynecologist, who ordered a slew of tests to get to the bottom of things. Janice assumed she had just some sort of virus, but when she received her test results, she was shocked to discover that not only was she pregnant, she was HIV positive. Wait a second. I know you just started, but she had pain in her eyeballs, like like what you see out of, and she went to her gynecologist to get a test for her eyeball pain? Well, no, it said, I wasn't sure how to write it out, but she went to like multiple doctors trying to figure things out, and she really wasn't getting answers, and so when she got the test back... In my head, I think maybe she thought she was pregnant, and then she saw that, oh, Oh. shoot, I'm HIV positive. And also, she had all these other symptoms, too, that just didn't match up with, like, pregnancy symptoms, you know? Okay. All right. Yeah. So she had, like, seen multiple doctors, and then she finally went to her gynecologist and, I guess, told her about, or he or she, about them, and uh, they decided to schedule her for all these tests. And then that's when they found out. Yeah. Oh, I can sense the drama. I sense it. I sense it. My tinglies are tingling. Ooh, somebody was mad and cheated. (laughs) (laughs) So Janice worked as a hospital nurse, and while she could have possibly gotten infected by coming into contact with the patient, she didn't think that was the case. She went to District Attorney Mike Harson's office, where she posed her theory that her previous doctor and former lover, Richard Schmidt, injected her with HIV. 
She suspected him even more when all of her prior boyfriends were asked to get tested for HIV and their results came back negative. Oh. What? What? All right, nobody was cheating. I take it back. I take it back. So not many people believed Janice's story, and even the police had their doubts due to Schmidt's credentials. Major Jim Kraft described him as one of the best and most respected physicians in the community, and his patients adored him. Schmidt got word of Janice's accusations, and he claimed that her story was a complete fabrication. He told police that she was a slut, that she went out to bars all day, would bring okay. random men home with her at night, and he said she likely got HIV from sleeping around. Well, now you're just being nasty, okay? Yeah. I would have believed you if you hadn't gotten nasty. There's no need for that talk. Who lets their boyfriend give them an injection of anything? I've never dated a doctor, but I can say for a fact I wouldn't be like, hey, baby, you know what's going to be sexy tonight? Buy me some Sims and give me a shot. Like, no. Well, I'll get to that in a little bit about why she was getting shots. So I'll answer that little bit of a question. Plot twist. She had HIV the whole time. (laughs) No. Okay. All right. (laughs) The Lafayette police just weren't convinced a crime had been committed, and there was town gossip going around that Janice was making the story up to make Schmidt either look bad or to maybe even get some money out of him. So at this point, no one's really believing it. District Attorney Harson, however, believed Janice, and he personally reached out to Major Kraft and told him that he needed to hear her story. The police interviewed Janice, and they came to learn more about her and Schmidt's previous relationship. Janice had met Schmidt years earlier when she was going through orientation at the same hospital he worked at. She described being attracted to his knowledge and intelligence, and they started to become romantically involved, even though they both had spouses and children of their own. So she is a cheetah. I was right. I was right. Somebody but so cheating. is he. Yeah. Okay, true, 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 true. true. They both wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm double, I'm actually double right. Thank you very much. <laughs> That you is. That you is. <laughs> May not be good at prices right, but I know a cheater when I hear one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Wes? You hear I that, always, Wes? <laughs> I always said that about you. You knew a cheetah. hmm During their affair, they talked about having a future together and promised to leave their spouses <laughs> in order to make it happen. So not long after, Janice did leave her husband and filed for divorce, but Schmidt didn't fall through with his promise and stayed with his wife. They never leave their wives. Don't do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet again, no experience with that. Just on TV, they never do it. Even so, the pair continued to see each other. And sex was obviously a big part of their relationship. And per the State versus Schmidt court document I found, Schmidt apparently didn't like to use condoms, nor did he like Janice using birth control. Which, one, sorry, bud, you have no right to decide that because it's not your body. And Mm -hmm. two, you really have no right to decide or have an opinion about anything Janice does because you're still with your wife, asshole. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Correct, correct, correct. Three, you're a doctor. Wouldn't you like medicines? I don't know. Something not screwing up your life, a.k.a. a child out of wedlock? That just complicate things, I'm just assuming, but it's fine. Well, you're going to find out he's not the best kind of guy. I I had high hopes. I had really high hopes. He just seems Mm -hmm. so (laughs) straight-laced. I'm going to talk to his mother. (laughs) As a result, Janice stopped using birth control, and in the document it said she became pregnant three times, and each time Schmidt pressured her into getting an abortion. Janice became pregnant for the fourth time, but refused to terminate her pregnancy, giving birth 
to their son, JT, in 1991. Okay. Yeah. So, so Janice he like also- birth control, but he does like abortions. I, I just want to get my facts straight here because that seems a little counterintuitive, but okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. I don't know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense to me, but. Who knows the mind of a man? Am I right, ladies? <laughs> we'll never know. We will never, never know. know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Janice also told police that she tried to leave Schmidt multiple times, but he threatened to post suggestive sexual photos that he had taken of her on the hospital bulletin board, and he threatened to tell the dean of her nursing school that she had plagiarized her papers and assignments. So at this point, Janice was, I imagine, a thousand percent over it and didn't know what else to do, so she just started to see other guys. But Mr. Controlling was not having it. Schmidt followed her on dates and threatened some of her boyfriends, even going so far as to find out where one of her boyfriends lived and threatening to kill him if he continued to see Janice. My God. Yeah. He sounds great. Bring him to dinner, sweetie. Let's let's meet this guy. So Janice was extremely fed up and feared for her safety. So she gave Richard an ultimatum. He had to choose between her or his wife. And guess who he chose? Me. He chose me. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're telling me he's not coming for me? (laughs) (laughs) But he said, when I was in his hospital, he said he chose his wife, didn't he? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. He stayed with his wife, even though he had made countless promises to Janice over and over again that he would get a divorce. So in July 1994, Janice officially ended their affair. Good for you, girl. Yes. Thank you. Yes, honey. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. The police were still skeptical since nothing Janice had shared with them so far truly implicated Schmidt of committing a crime. That is, until Janice described a strange encounter she had with him on the night of August 4th, 1994. She told police that she suffered from lethargy, which if you don't know, that's just basically when you feel like you never have any energy and you feel drowsy all the time. And throughout their affair, Schmidt, since he's a doctor, would administer vitamin B12 shots to counteract that and help her out. Mm. On that particular evening, Janice was asleep in her bed with three-year-old JT when her phone rang around 10, 11 p.m. She answered the phone and Schmidt was on the other line, telling her that he was on his way over to give her a shot. She hadn't seen him since their breakup and told him that she didn't need a shot, especially not that late at night. No. But just yeah. a few minutes later... Schmidt was standing over her bed with a needle, and <gasps> once he injected the shot into her arm, she recalled feeling immense pain. And that was a big red flag to her because none of the other vitamin B12 shots had given her any discomfort at all. But, like, couldn't you take a vitamin B12 pill? Your y- girl does, so I... I'm, I'm not sure really, the effects of I'm not a big, either. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of shots, so... Uh, this is I just really don't know many people that terrible. choose. And how terrifying, like, I'm coming to give you a shot in the yeah. middle of But we night. also, yeah. yeah, we also have to remember he is very controlling. So maybe he suggested the shot and she really didn't have a say in it. I don't know. Yeah. Which, again, the cop said there's nothing he did wrong, but hasn't he already stalked her, harassed her? This seems like maybe something that is not legal. But what do I know? I just have a little lady brain. You might be right. (laughs) Another red flag that night was how nervous and out of the ordinary he was acting and how quickly he left after giving her the shot. 
Schmidt would typically stay and talk for a bit, but he said he had to return to the Hamilton Center emergency room right away. So Janice told police that she believed that Schmidt did not give her a vitamin B12 shot that night. Instead, he injected her with HIV. So that's where her whole theory came from. A little different. <sighs> mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Couldn't you bring her like craft- flowers or cookies or anything else? Like something normal to get back together? Not a disease? I second that. I mean, maybe it was more like a, if I can't have you, no one can. But yes, I think it was probably, more hmm. sinister reasonings for oh. doing it. And yeah. She said it. Uh-huh. She said it. <laughs> so Major Kraft and the Lafayette Police Department did some digging on their end and found quite a bit of information that verified Janice's story. They discovered that Janice had donated blood a few months prior before she received her test results from her gynecologist, and her donated blood showed no presence of HIV, indicating that the infection was recent. They looked up Schmidt's telephone records and verified that he did call Janice on August 4th at 10.26 p.m. Oh. Detectives also searched Schmidt's office records. So all nurses at the hospital kept documentation on all of the patients who had blood drawn and what lab the blood was later sent to. While Schmidt had tons of files, some dating back, you know, years and years ago, police couldn't find any reports dated August 4th, 1994. They did, however, find the sexually revealing photos of Janice in his desk that he had threatened to use against her. Great. So he was definitely ready to use that to blackmail her. Yeah. He seems swell. Yeah. Right. The police are about to call the search quits when they discovered a locked storage room in the office. In the room was a whole bunch of boxes, and the police went through every single one of them still not finding anything incriminating until they reached a box at the bottom of the pile marked 1982 records. There were some loose papers in the box, nothing really in it, but at the very bottom, a notebook was discovered, and the last date written in it was August 4th, 1994. And this page contained the names of all of his patients whose blood had been drawn that day, and a sticker with the lab's tracking number was placed next to each name. One patient, though, did not have a sticker next to his name. So this patient, Don McClellan, had a note next to his name that said, Lavender Stopper for Dr. S. So police, to me, that means it didn't get sent to a lab. It probably was placed into something for him to use for later. Uh, So stopper. They, the police looked up McClellan's address and police arrived on his doorstep shortly thereafter. When McClellan answered the door, police asked if he had HIV, and I'm going to say this pretty much verbatim as one of the officers said it on the episode. So McClellan um, responded, uh, I have full-blown AIDS. Oh. Great. Yep. And it also didn't look good when he told police that he never made an appointment with his doctor that day. Rather, Schmidt contacted him on August 4th and told him to come in for a blood test. Oh. Mm-hmm. So this was like a whole plan in his evil, evil brain. I just imagine him sitting in his doctor chair, facing the window, like twiddling his hands like Mr. Burns. Yes. Like, I know how I'll get her. <laughs> what a psycho. Yeah. He's crazy. I'm glad it didn't come for me. Mm -hmm. Now, the Lafayette police are convinced that Schmidt has committed, you know, this crazy, sinister crime. But all they had still was just circumstantial evidence. 
HIV-tainted blood isn't easy to obtain, and even if Schmidt drew blood from his patient and kept it, he wouldn't have had much time to transmit the infection to Janice. Forensic files mention that Schmidt would have had about a 12-hour window before the virus would have died. Police needed more substantial evidence to prove that Janice's HIV DNA matched McClellan's, so they enlisted the help of Dr. Michael Metzger, a genetic researcher at the Baylor College of Medicine in Texas. He described how viruses mutate and evolve once they enter the human body. So he wanted to use that evolution to trace back the relationship between their viruses and see if they were in any way related. And a little fun fact, this is something that had never been done before. Hmm. Huh. Something completely new that they were trying out. Well, when you got a drastic, you know, case and situation, you got to go for drastic measures. That's true. It was very, very interesting. So Dr. Metzger's test included not only Janice's and McClellan's blood samples, but also 32 other HIV-positive blood samples from individuals who lived around the area. He discovered that Janice's and McClellan's blood were the only two samples that were nearly identical and deemed <gasps> closely related. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's so cool. Is that wow. normal? It's not supposed to be, no. Yeah, okay. That, that yeah, no. It is not. And then David Hillis, an evolutionary biologist at the University of Texas, replicated Metzger's findings and discovered that Janice's and McClellan's HIV sequences were, quote, as closely related as two sequences isolated from different individuals could be, end quote. So yes, it's not normal. Oh um, my gosh. And he also testified, quote, there's less than a one in a million chance you'd see the association that you did at random. End quote. <gasps> Boy, you about to get busted. <sighs> oh, yes. Metzger's study, though, did come into question. Wire.com stated that Metzger did not blind his study. So he knew full well whose DNA sequences were whose and he worked on the DNA sequences in the same room instead of working on them in separate like laboratories or rooms to keep cross-contamination from happening. So Metzger has acknowledged the faults of the study, but he stated that Hillis's follow-up study was blinded, used newly drawn blood samples, and came to the same conclusion his study did. Okay. Yeah. So take that as you will. His study definitely had faults. Yeah. yeah. But they ended up finding pretty much the same. Uh, yeah. Came to the same conclusion. Yeah. yeah. So finally, they have some DNA evidence. And after obtaining this, Schmidt was charged in July 1996 with attempted second-degree murder. This yeah. wasn't mentioned until later in the episode, and I actually don't think this information was released until the trial started. But Janice's blood also tested positive for hepatitis C. But McClellan didn't have hepatitis C. So police wondered if Schmidt could have also injected Janice with the hepatitis C virus from a different patient. So they took a look at his notebook again and discovered another patient listed that did not have a lab sticker next to her name. This particular patient's blood was drawn two days before Schmidt made his late night visit to Janice's home. And police realized that this blood was never sent to a lab. Oh and medical God. records later revealed that this patient did have hepatitis C. So if being injected with HIV wasn't bad enough, Schmidt decided that he was just going to make this horrible virus cocktail and make Janice suffer for not being with him. Like, I don't understand. Is it's this like, real? Is this real life? Yes. 
it's almost like he was like, all right, Pepsi, we cool. And then two days later, he was like, mm, not quite good enough. Let's go harder. Like, what like seriously, yeah, like, it seems what? like the Wicked Witch, like in um, in Snow White, like with her cauldron, just like, and then I'll put in a sprinkle of Pepsi, and then a frog's foot, and then some AIDS. Like, ah, ha, 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 take it, my pretty. Like, oh my what God. is this? Is he a cartoon? Why are you so evil? Calm down. Yeah, that's I don't know. About. And it's so scary that, like, all of his patients, like, adored him. Like, he's a freaking doctor. You also chose to be with your wife, not this lady. So I don't know why you're so bent out of shape because you couldn't have them both. This ain't a buffet, girlfriend. Calm down. Yeah. yeah. Really. Oh, my God. And I really wanted to tell this story, too, because it's so different from every other story I've done. Yeah. But this, to me, almost seems like one of the most, like, diabolical. Like, he yes. didn't just want to get rid of her. He's like, I want to make you suffer Slowly. for the rest of your life. Like, yeah. this wasn't rage or, like, quote, like, what, the, what they call it, like, in the heat of passion. Like, this is just, like. Yeah. That's calculated. He planned this. Yeah. Insert this had to have been planned. Laughter. It's Thank crazy. <laughs> I hope he finds, like, oh God, Dracula. He... Just, like, whoa, oh, oh, oh. No, I was like, what if he just inserts one of our laughs? It's just Especially me, like, since you. Like, old lady <laughs> laughing in the background. All you hear is, like, ew, <laughs> ew. Oh, my and he's like, you have the most sinister laugh of them all. We all are very sinister, but not as sinister as this doctor. Jesus. Yeah, I can also say I've never injected anything like that to anyone. Nor have I ever had the idea to. I'm just going to also throw but that out But now I do. Look alive. <laughs> Is that what you were taking notes about, Sarah? <laughs> I saw you. No. Pepsi. <laughs> Pepsi. HIV. Flu. Got it. Corona. Mm, everything's bad. It's crazy. Did he make Corona? Is that how all this started? Schmidt? Son of a Schmidt? I knew it. <laughs> knew it? Well, he might not have, but I'll get to that. No, he did. I'm just going to tack it on there because he would if he could. Schmidt swore that he was innocent and told police that he had an alibi. He said he was home with his wife, Barbara, on the evening of August 4th. She corroborated this, except for 20 minutes when she was taking a bath. So police, I just think this is so cool. Police decided yes. to test out whether Schmidt could have made it to Janice's place and back home within 20 minutes. So they drove from Schmidt's house to Janice's and back. I don't think it said it in the episode. I'm assuming they did this around the same time at night when mm. he went over too. Yeah. And once they made it back to Schmidt's, only 17 minutes had passed. So they determined that Schmidt would have had plenty of time to drive to Janice's, get in her house and inject her with the virus cocktail, and make it back home before his wife noticed he was gone. During yeah. his interview also, Major Kraft believed that Schmidt kept the 1994 hospital records in his office as a sort of trophy, as a way to look back on the time he got away with committing a crime. And thankfully, forensic DNA could compare the HIV mutations in McClellan and Janice and figure out their relationship, something I'm sure Schmidt could never have predicted. So he could have easily gotten away with it if it wasn't for this testing that those they did pesky meddling kids yeah <laughs> if it weren't for those meddling kids that's what it is yes schmidt's case went to trial where janice took the stand and told the jury quote richard made a lot of promises to me that he did not keep but he did keep one and that would be that he would kill me and i feel like that is a death sentence that i have end quote oh yeah it's a painful one mm-hmm and she did decide to end her pregnancy since her HIV diagnosis was uncertain and she didn't want to risk transmitting the virus to her child. Yeah. So just very mm -hmm. sad all around. 
On October 23rd, 1998, Schmidt was convicted and sentenced to 50 years in prison. This was the first criminal case in U.S. history that HIV genetics were tested and considered and used as evidence. Schmidt and his attorneys have appealed his case multiple times, but the Louisiana Court of Appeals denied all of their requests. Wired.com also mentioned that the U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear his case, and in 2005, the Louisiana Supreme Court denied another appeal. In 2015, 17 years into his sentence, Schmidt was denied early parole, but he is eligible for early release for good behavior in 2023, which is coming up very soon. Let's go to the let's go to the prison. Let's sit and look. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I'm just gonna chant. I think it's crazy that the duality of his personality, like all of his patients look, oh, he's so fantastic. He's a family man. And yet he thinks to inject people with HIV and hep C because one isn't enough. Correct. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of the cases like I look at and tackle. Like people are like, oh, I wouldn't have imagined that this person would have done that. Like they're such a saint. They're the pillar of the community. The pillar, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. And then they turn out to be like mo- complete monsters. Yes. I watched so no many true crime it. shows. I think if anyone ever asked me, I'd be like, you know what? Why not? I saw it. They could do it. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Like, I'm never yeah. going to say, I didn't see it coming. I'm like, anyone can do it. Yeah. I so I'm glad that. Do it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that district attorney heard her out and was like, okay, yeah. I think we have something. Because he easily probably could have brushed it off, too, and nothing would have happened. Absolutely. So thankfully, she had someone like fighting for her and then police looked into it. Now he's convicted. He may get out on parole, but who knows? Maybe I'll do an update on that um, in 2023 if we're still (laughs) chugging along. How many episodes would that be? Oh, Lord. (laughs) I'm not doing the math. I won't say I'm trying to, Uh, but it'd be a couple. I'm going to guess. It would be quite a few. (laughs) At least in the three digits. 1,200. No, we could only. Do, I think it'd be way too much. I'm just like, joking, let's say guys. fifty that, that a year. Go, that was my flavor flavor. Oh yeah, um, that was your first <laughs> guess. It would be like where's that hundred thirty effect? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I don't know. Anyways, I'm done with the math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Today, Janice is remarried and lives with her two sons. In her interview, she talked about how she has tried to put things in the past in order to move forward with her life. She now has a better outlook on life and appreciates it more. And she continues to focus on treasuring the time she has with her children and husband. And that is the story of Janice Trahan and the horrible, evil, diabolical Richard Schmidt. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Hate him. Tacky. (laughs) Tacky. He's tacky and I hate you. And I hate him. (laughs) I bet he is tacky. He probably still wears cargos. Even in prison. <laughs> he has prison cargos. Yeah. He does. <laughs> and they're orange. I bet those are a thing. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, so yeah. 90s. All right. Well, Sarah, I think your story is up next. I don't have a story. What would you guys do? <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like, well, come up with something. Yeah. Tell me a story. I'm yeah, just here to listen. Read me a book. All right. I ain't got no story. I got a dream. I have a dream. And it comes to us from a listener named Jessica. And that is not Jessica from whatever show I bashed earlier. Love is Blind. Love is Blind. Oh. Yeah. It is not that one. It's a nicer Jessica. Oh, Um, nice. 
Yes. The sources I use are antiflow.com, sleepculture.com, metroeve.com, and the Dream, Interp- the Dream Interpretation Handbook by Karen Fraser. <laughs> it's harder than it sounds. Okay. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> yes. So, Jessica says, in her dream, are you guys ready? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I, was like, I saw your face. Did it sound weird? Well, when you went... Yes. It was like, no. There was no sound on my end. Just, like all I heard was like cricket, cricket. Yes. It reminded me of like you guys remember the um the soup with Joel McHale. So yes. Meaty. So meaty chicks, man. Oh all right, yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm ready. All right, I'm ready right. for this dream. Yes. Okay, so Jessica says, "I was watching my dad do something outside through the window in our kitchen." I don't remember exactly what he was doing, but but he was doing something. And for some reason, our next door neighbors had this super tall statue in the shape of a teddy bear sitting right outside their fence behind my dad. I literally watched the statue fall on my dad right on his head and watched him react in terror. Then the dream gets a little blurry for a bit. Um, after that, I remember my dad had gotten brain surgery and he was unable to walk and had to utilize a wheelchair. He couldn't even talk properly anymore. It was like he had a stroke. I just spent the rest of my dream going about different things in life, trying to cope with watching the statue fall on my dad and dealing with that and also having the feeling of guilt that I watched it and could have somehow stopped it. Ding. And then I woke up. Whoa. Yeah. That's heavy. 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 That statue was heavy. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Sorry. Was that, I'm was. sorry. I didn't mean that in poor taste. I meant that like... <laughs> I'm, my brain tries to make similarities. I'm so sorry, Jessica. That's not. No, to be me. fair, at least it was a dream. It's not like it was real life, Jessica. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Dreams are I scary, feel bad but for yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so it was scary, but it seems like the central like theme of this dream seems mm-hmm. to be a lot of rhymes. Um, seems to be that Jessica, you you didn't take action, and your inaction caused others harm, and then you felt a lot of guilt for that. So. Let's break it down a bit. Look at our key players in this dream, starting with that pesky, pesky statue. So, in general, to dream of a statue represents something in your life that you idolize or look look up to, which makes sense. Um, it shows that you're putting something or someone on a pedestal, pun intended, to mm-hmm. negatively... I loved when I read that. I was like, oh, yeah, spot on. Um, <laughs> to negatively dream about a statue could put could potentially reflect vanity or feelings of emptiness. Um, It was described on dreams.metroeve.com as you may be facing a problem that you don't know how to fix and you feel like people are kind of watching you struggle through it. So, you know, you may feel like you're lying to others that your life is functioning perfectly, but on the inside, maybe you don't feel like it is. Um, And because the statue was damaged in your dream, it can also show that your ethics, ideals, or people that you idolize are not living up to your quote-unquote faultless picture of them or those things. Um, Some even think to dream of a statue would represent yourself. And sad fact, I'd say fun fact, but it's not that fun. People who have lived in comas often dream of being living statues. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never heard that until I was researching this. I mean, no offense, they kind of are. Like... You're alive, mm-hmm. but you can't move. Wow. It's just weird that like, even like in that comatose state, your brain is still like giving you weird 
signals, I guess. Yeah. So sad fact. I'm glad you did not see yourself as a living statue because you are still here with us. Hopefully. (laughs) Um, Because you knew the statue was a teddy bear. Let's take a little look-de-loo at that. To dream of a teddy bear represents emotional dependency. It shows reassurance and it makes you feel safe until it falls. Um, And falling shows a general feeling of anxiety and lack of control, which I'm sure you're shocked by this. So any questions so far? Is it all making kind of sense? Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to your dad. In the Dream Representation Handbook by Karen Fraser, she points out that our dreams are normally very self-centered. And that's not, there's like nothing wrong with that. After all, it's like a private experience that only we see and feel. Mm-hmm. So when we see someone else in our dream, you need to pay attention because those people usually represent aspects of ourselves that your subconscious wants you to pay attention to. So you may have hmm. seen your dad, but that doesn't mean you are scared things are falling on your dad. Um, so some questions you should ask yourself are, what does this person mean to me? How do I feel when I see or think about this person? And what is this person's role in my life? So because the person you saw in your dream was your dad, I'm going to assume that he is important to you. Like, even if he's not in your life so much, that still is important. You know what I'm saying? Like your dad is Mm -hmm. kind of a cornerstone, no matter if he's there or not. Um, but Carl Jung He was a practicing psychiatrist in the early to mid-1900s, and he theorized that dreams about important people to us usually fall into one archetype. And an archetype is basically just like this common theme that we can see in types of people. So an example, if you saw like a nurturer, um, or the example they gave was like a nurturer, you would probably see your mom. Like that's what that would stand for in a dream. Mm -hmm. Or the innocent child is an archetype he gives, and that would be something like a cherub-looking kid in your dream so there's quite a few archetypes with all different meetings i will probably go into depth with his research on another time but today i'm just going to skim what your dad could be and if i'm way off just remember i am not a licensed dream analyst i just do it for fun and i have a bachelor's in psychology so private message me and i'll try again (laughs) okay so i picked three like i said the first one is the wise one Um, this type of character usually shows up as an older person, man or woman, or some kind of mentor. And these dreams are meant to guide you. Hmm. The second would be the hero. And this is described as one of the most common archetypes, both in our dreams and in the media and real life. Um, This yet again would be some kind of mentor or a boss or an actual superhero. Aaron, I imagine you dream about this. These dreams are meant to represent (laughs) bravery and show that you can always resolve issues and move forward with conviction, which is pretty cool. And the third would be the fool. And no, I don't think that your dad is a dummy. (laughs) I'm just looking at the fact that in your dream, a large statue fell on him when he wasn't paying attention. So again, this character doesn't actually represent your dad. It more likely represents you. And I don't think you're dumb either. But the fool in your dreams is supposed to remind you to take life as it comes instead of worrying about what's in the past. Hmm. So lastly, yeah, let's take a look at that wheelchair. Um, when you dream of a wheelchair, normally it means that you can't get to where you want to be in life. Like it's kind of literal. So it may allude to a situation in your waking life, either professionally or personally, that you just feel restricted. And I do want to mention that this is a fun fact, actually. Our emotions and dreams aren't symbols. They are true emotions. So if you're feeling guilty in a dream, there could be something happening in your daily life. Like you may be having 
a hard time dealing with your own personal gains and failures, as we all do from time to time. Um, you may also feel you've disappointed someone. And these dreams, they can be exhausting, but sleepculture.com actually states that they're a good thing. They're supposed to help you realize that you're going down the wrong path. And if you want like true happiness, you got to make a few changes. They also illuminate feelings you didn't know you had so you can deal with the situations head on. So I thought that's kind of cool. That is. Yeah. Yet again, our brain yeah. is making us do something that we don't want to do, but our mother brains know we need it. <laughs> so <laughs> taking all that into consideration, this dream could mean a couple things. If we're subscribing to the idea that you are your dad in this dream, meaning your dad's representing you, um, it could mean something that you look up to or depend on has let you down recently and you're harboring some bad feelings about it. Or maybe you're feeling guilty that you passed on an opportunity that could have gotten you closer to some personal goals. Like maybe you told yourself you were going to work on your resume to get a better job in this free time during COVID. But that takes work and you could be slacking, which yet again, you don't got to hustle every single day. Like give yourself a break. It's totally fine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So this dream could just be a way of like you feel some guilt that you haven't been hustling as much as you think you should be. This dream could also represent feelings of growing up and any guilt you have with that. So if your dad is truly representing your dad, then that would be a symbol of strength and protection. And having that teddy bear fall on him, meaning something that's supposed to be comforting from your childhood, falling and breaking and injures your dad while you watch, could somehow show that you've made some big girl life decisions, like moving out, which I don't actually know if you live with your parents or not right now, but it could be moving away or getting a different job, anything like that. It could just give you some guilt. But I doubt hmm. any decision you're making is going to physically hurt your dad. You may not always <laughs> agree with you, but I can tell you have mm -hmm. a lot of love for him. And that usually means he loves you too. So he's going to live. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So if you think your dream is more in line with the first analysis, then take a breath. Look at what you can do right now to get you to where you want to be. Um, COVID's making life a little tough there, girlfriend. But you don't have to hustle every single day. That's a little insane. So just make some small steps. Celebrate the steps you take and be good to yourself, Miss Jessica. Thank you for writing in. Thank you. Have you guys had? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Have you guys had any dreams lately? I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, I honestly, I don't think I have been, like, not to, like, throw myself a pity party. I've been sleeping really bad lately. I don't know why my mattress is suddenly, like, killing my back, but it is. So I don't oh. think I'm sleeping, like, good enough to even dream a little bit. Because normally I at least have, like, a little something or, like, I'll, like, I'll, I'll wake up and, like, oh, that was weird. Or I haven't mm -hmm. had it in a while. So sorry to let mm -hmm. you down. No, you're good. Maybe I'll cover this. I actually got an email, like, my work email. Because I mm -hmm. subscribe to like, a lot of like um, like workplace stuff since we're in human resources. And mm -hmm. it, there's actually an article that just came through today that was saying like how COVID is, ex is affecting everyone's sleep cycles. Ooh, would love yeah, to learn. I would agree with that. Because mm -hmm. for a while, I couldn't fall asleep till after midnight. Mm. Like I would just like lay in bed, stare at the ceiling, try to listen to some ASMR videos, but it didn't help. So, Well, on Friday, I was awake till like four o'clock in the morning. What? Oh my gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> that sounds yeah. terrible. Like Clavin just like passed out. Like we were up till one, like sitting on our back deck, like having a drink, just kind of enjoying because it was a nice night. Yeah. But then we come to go to bed, my brain's like, oh, but don't you remember? We have all these things to do. Blah blah blah. Oh, my brain's the same way. Whenever I lay down, that's the time it's like, let's think about these ten thousand things I yes. was thinking about earlier. And I'm like, no, 
Yes. So I was cleaning my bathroom at 3 a.m. because I was like, this will make me go to sleep. Like, we have to. Way to go. I can't do that. (laughs) I'm just like, I'll watch a video on my phone. Oh, I'll play a game on my phone. Like, what can I do to not move? (laughs) No, I had this dream last night that I was um, like a witch going to Hogwarts. But it was my oh, high school. Ooh. And Shut it was me. up. Well, that it was me so and Brooke. Cool. And we were going to this library. And she was like, Sarah, like, don't open these books. You know you don't know how to read them yet. And I was like, Brooke, <laughs> step off. <laughs> well, guess what? I opened up this book and I brought a curse on us. And then we were losing like six hours a day. Like we were just like, we were like blacked out for six hours a day. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> and I kept missing curfew. And I remember my mom's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm staying at Marco's. Okay, it's fine. Okay. I was like, I just pass out. I don't know what's happening for six hours. And like, oh, don't give me that. And then like, <laughs> yeah, I started getting closer and closer to home like throughout my whole dream. But I kept like just passing out and being like, God dang it. I miss curfew again. Like this curse sucks. Yeah. And then I woke up. Damn. That's rough. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a stressful dream. Oh, yeah. That is. Yeah. Damn. I recorded it in my What the F Did I Dream Last Night journal, brought to you by Morgan Colax. Hey, that's me. It's such a cute journal. Yeah, it is cute. Amazon. Yeah. Coming in clutch. (laughs) Amazon is doing great right now. But I feel like I feel like I wake up like if I have a dream, I wake up like two or three AM. But it's and if I even remember little details. I'm like, oh I'm too tired. I'm going back to bed. And then that's when I forget all about it. Aaron. No. Because I've had one recently and I couldn't even, I knew it was weird and one of my friends was in it and I was like, I know what we, like the dream is just weird all around, but I don't remember any details. I was trying to tell her about it and I like blanked. I was like, oh, that's the worst. I don't know, but you were in it. I was like, I know you were there (laughs) and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, that's all I had since it was a pretty deep dive into a dream. Um, Thank you, Miss Jessica. I hope the rest yeah. of your dreams have been a lot lighter because that is a tough one to get through. But yeah, don't beat yourself up. You'll probably be fine. Yeah. And Sarah, I do. I did want to say I like and I think reiterating the fact that you said you don't have to hustle every single day. I really mm-hmm. like that. I think that's something yes. that people need to hear. Yeah. You don't have to do or everything. Have some fun while you hustle. Like, don't forget to like... If you need to take care of yourself, go take a coffee break, go get yourself a nice little frappuccino, you know, go take a little power nap, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's a reminder even like us three need every now and then. I have a mirror. I'm holding a mirror to myself as well. Yes. (laughs) Well, like on Instagram and stuff, everyone's like hustling all the time and it makes you think like, God dang it. I need to be doing more. But you Mm -hmm. can't. You're still a person. Just because you're home more doesn't mean you have to like morph into this new crazy person. Exactly. I perfect segue for what I want to talk about, not for my story, but for people who hustle. I want to give a little special shout out to my friend Savannah. She and her husband run an Etsy shop, and you know they work off of um, Instagram as well. They do promote a lot of their things on there, so I wanted to shout them out because they rock. So their company is called. Dirt and Co. and it's D I I R T and Co. C O. So I reached out to her, just wanted to make sure that we, you know, brought some some correct terminology for what they do. So Dirt and Co. is a mom and pop metaphysical shop. They have handcrafted items for your home, healing, and health. 
Dirt & Co. is bringing you Organite resin art and to clean out negative vibes and bringing in the positive for all of your spaces. So I personally have an Organite that they've made. I keep it by my bed. I have a keychain with Organite on it and the keychain is like handmade macrame. It's really, really cute. Um, I have a Dirt & Co. tie-dye t-shirt. Um, I've given gifts of bracelets that they make. Overall, you just got to check out their shop. They are one of a kind, honestly. They are Cape Girardeau based, good old Missouri. Let me, I'm pulling up their Insta right now. Yeah, their Instagram is just Dirt and Co. So like I said, D-I-I-R-T-A-N-D-C-O. Give them a follow. You won't be disappointed. They have great stickers. Again, Organites for bringing some positive energy into your homes. Um, also, mm-hmm. check out their Etsy shop. I uh, just wanted to give them a little plug because they freaking deserve it. Heck yeah. It's super on brand with our podcast as well. Like, yeah. some of their stuff's a little and- spooky, a lot of tie-dye. It's really cool. Honestly, yeah. you will not be disappointed when you look at this. Mm-hmm. It's great. And hey, Sarah, I'm- we're not going to gloss over this. Can you tell our listeners what you thought Morgan's <laughs> shirt said? <laughs> I mean, I guess you don't have to, but I just think it's so funny. It's hilarious. Go ahead. <laughs> Aaron. Okay, yes. we're at we're sitting at a park and Morgan had a really cool tie-dye t-shirt on and no one was saying anything about it. And there was a pause in conversation. And I'm a Gemini and I thought, this is a great time. I'm gonna really I gotta give her credit where credit is due. Because yet again, the shirt is super, super cool. I do not want to underestimate how cool this thing is. And I was like, what an awesome Dilfco company. As in dad, I'd like to be frank with. And guess what? Everyone else had read it correctly. And I, I am the fool. Okay. The fool represents me. I am the fool. <laughs> to be fair, Dilf to be Co. fair, I was like hunched over in like a foldy chair. So you couldn't really read it. I'm sure you were like, what did I say? Like. Yes. If they yes, were to I make a Dilfco t-shirt, I would buy it. So let this be known. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, the you gods of girl? Dirt Co. <laughs> Give yes. the people what they want. We love them. Yes. Yes. They, their shirts yeah. say Dirt and Co., not Dilfco, just so you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but to jump topics here, uh, I will bring you my story, which is yeah. Haunted Roads in Missouri. Ooh, Dilf it up. <gasps> yes, it up. yes, yes. Dilf it up. I'm dead. <laughs> so um, I <laughs> I wanted to just touch base on three of them. Obviously, like, I feel like every hometown has, hold up, haunted road of blah, blah, blah. Like, well, mm-hmm. I did a brief little synopsis of them. So. Okay. Uh, starting off our journey on haunted roads, uh, Bloomfield Road is in Cape Girardeau. It connects Cape with the rest of Southeast Missouri. During my time, I didn't hear anything about this while we went to school there, so I found it kind of interesting. It is said that a woman was in a horse and buggy, and it turned over. She survived the night, but she did not live much longer after that after seeking medical help. Many have reported you can hear her screams for help while driving down the road, particularly at night. Yeah, and there was a lot of comments on it. Um, They're saying, yeah, like, if you drive down the road at night with your windows down, like, you hear it every single time. And I'm like, damn, I might need to take a little trip there. Um, if there was a really short article about it on the Southerner or excuse me, the Southern weekend, um, I will, (laughs) I will give a little preface with it. Um, if you are very sensitive to people's voices, I may not recommend watching the video, um, because the lovely older gentleman who was in it 
talks like this the entire time with every S, has whistled like this for every single S sound in the video. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was a lot. So That's I threw a lot. it just for you all. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Thanks. again, quick little synopsis um but yeah it was a woman who apparently like lived near the road um so yeah that's that's our lovely screaming for help lady on bloomfield road in missouri big grotto uh and then one that most people probably have heard of zombie road it's yes (laughs) it's near eureka missouri um i want to give a little shout out uh a podcast that we've all kind of fell in love with was and that's why we drink and i went and saw them live two Januarys ago it was cold mm-hmm. i don't remember and me and my mm-hmm. sister went and they uh m's article or m's article <laughs> m's story was on zombie road so it was really cool um i did not uh take any information from that obviously because i saw it live but still some was in my brain so yeah. here we go um again also i don't know if i wrote the source for this one so it'll be in the show notes okay <laughs> um zombie road is known for um seeing shadow people so when you're driving down the road almost like the it's like like not just one like people say they see like a collection of shadow people like along the tree lines while they're driving and or walking yeah um Uh, it is believed that they are the quote souls of native americans um who or orphans who were tortured um, while living at an orphanage nearby. Um, mm. And that was quoted from, um, this is the orphanage was run in 1913. Um, many have seen ghosts also of Native Americans and Confederate shoulders. shoulders. I knew I was going to do this. I knew I was going to do this. That's a big burden for those Confederate shoulders to carry. <laughs> <laughs> Confederate <sighs> soldiers. Soldiers? Shoulders. Soldiers? Yes, yeah, soldiers. She wants to say Confederate soldiers. soldiers. Yeah, the CSs. Thank you. God. Their ghosts are popping all over Zombie Road. Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's get it popping and hot. Let's get it popping. <laughs> Those freaking, you know, soldiers. Oh, I said it right. Soldiers? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Soldier Confederate soldiers. Mm, mm, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened in the 1950s. Uh, this is kind of where the road got its tagline name. Um, it, it was named, quote, after a person in the 1950s who had allegedly escaped from a local mental hospital. He went by, you guessed it, zombie. Apparently, uh, oh, so zombie road got the name from him. The road originally was called Waller Ford Road. L-A-W-L-E-R, Ford Road. Zombie um, Road's way more metal. I'm not yeah, about w- it. Way more metal. Way. Um, way more metal, man. Right. And apparently this gentleman disappeared into nothing, and all that was found were his bloody clothes that he left behind. So, again, that's uh, how the nickname mm. Zombie Road came to be. Um, The road was repaved in 2010. And renamed Rock Hollow Trail. Again, way less metal than Zombie Road. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of the like, I guess they wanted to like, quote, rebrand the road. So Rock Hollow Road, or excuse me, Rock Hollow Trail is now, it is accessible um, to do walks and things like that. 
Um, I did, I, you know me, I, I love a good story and I love when it's, you know, I tried everything to debunk it and it wasn't, it couldn't be debunked, but I will have to say Arthur Troy Taylor states that they cannot find any record of a mental asylum, um, near the road and the nearest orphanage was at least a mile or was miles away. Um, so Take that as you will. Regardless, it's creepy-ass woods. There's a creepy-ass bridge. I'm sorry. If I see shadow people, I'm bugging out. Um, Please (laughs) note that uh, for all of you people who do want to check it out, um, the trail is closed after dark. So take that as you will. Um, And if you'd like to look further, there is a Zombie Road Facebook page. So for all of you (laughs) road-loving, ghost-loving people, check it out. I have two things I love in this world. One, two. First one's zombies. Second one's roads. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And bringing it home with a little bit more local is Christopher's Road. Now, I did not know about this at all. The articles are, I will be quite frank, very skim to none. Uh, slim to none? Skim to none. Whoa. I like skim well, to none. To- I don't think it's what it is, but we'll say skim to none. You know, skim milk kind of sucks, so... I was like, anyway. how much percent milk do you like? Skim to none. <laughs> skim to none. <laughs> Hold a skim. Skim to none. I love it. Well, <laughs> uh, little shout out to my sister-in-law, Kennedy, again. She brought this up to me. Um, so I did a little digging and here's what I found. So Christopher's Road, it is located off of Telegraph Road at, mm-hmm. at Erin, not to triangulate your location, but you may or may not know where that is. Oh, yeah. Um, I know about yeah. this road. And also, peep. Uh, apparently John Goodman, yes, the actor John Goodman, his mother lived or lives on that road. Is that why he's so famous? His mom? No, not on the haunted road. road. (laughs) No. Did he sail his soul to the devil? I mean, kind of seems that way lately with the shows. Anyway, so. Hey. 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 So, Christopher's Road. Um, If you look it up, the first thing that's going to come up is a Reddit article and it's about a, a girl and her girlfriend's experience uh driving down the road it was a i mean regardless of its validity was pretty spooky so feel free to read that uh, i kind of sum it up in here so uh it is said that that the like haunting of the road is quote a man or apparition running into the road covered in blood screaming for help which would send cars swerving off the road and into the mississippi uh, killing people in the car. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, so the story is that a man was suspected of killing his family, ran into the road for quote help, and was struck by a car. So yeah, uh, Wes and I went to the road last night. No, Ooh. Sunday night. Excuse me, Sunday night, and you know we saw. Nothing. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we didn't see anything. Um, the road is really creepy at night. Um, I actually have a friend who used to live off of that road, and it is very curvy because it's so close to the water. It gets really, really foggy. Um, so those sharp turns plus the fog, it gives you the creep factor regardless. So if you want a good spook, or if you want to like take your friends who don't know about the road down it and tell them the spooky story you'll you'll get a good reaction so uh that's christopher's road um yeah right here in the good old stl but again 
small small little snippets of stories, but wanted to bring some good old Missouri roads some justice. <laughs> I do have, I yeah. think, another story. I think it's Christopher's Road. Someone mm-hmm. email me if I'm wrong. But I think I've heard what people sometimes do is when they take their car, they'll put like flour or something like on their like the back um, bumper on the back of their car or whatever. And after they drive through, sometimes they'll get out and they'll see like fingerprints or handprints on their car. That's what I've heard. And that's just terrifying. Yeah. There's a street in Kirkwood, uh, too, that they said used to do that. Okay. Maybe it was that one. No, I don't. Maybe it's cool. Yeah, I think it's a frequent thing. I I think it's called Rose Avenue. It's like near downtown Kirkwood. But they said if you put your car in neutral, because like it's like kind of like dips down on both sides. If you sit down and kind of like in the valley of it and you put flour Mm -hmm. on the back of your car, you'll feel your car move forward and then you'll see handprints on the back. It's like the the legend is like they're trying to push you out of the way of a tr- of like an oncoming car. So it's like oh, you? I don't know, but yes, the flower thing uh, wasn't really brought up in the Christopher's Road one, but it did say in that spooky story from the girl who wrote the Reddit article um, that when they went and they went after the whole experience, they went and grabbed food, and when they were walking back to the car, there was muddy handprints on the back <laughs> of their oh. Car, so. Yeah, it's spooky. I it was multiple multiple paragraphs. So, if you're still interested, please go look at it. It was worth a read. But I wanted to give the summary of what you typically see if you go down the road. I maybe wasn't so fortunate. Maybe I was just expecting it too much. But yeah, regardless, spooky spooky roads. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like the one bit. <laughs> yeah, driving is like a is a weird like when you have an experience while you're driving like. It's weird time. It's make you feel really vulnerable. Well, yeah, there's a road between Washington, Missouri and Highway 44. Um, I think it's like old 100. It's supposed to be if you drive there around like like midnight to 3 a.m., there's a hitchhiker that'll get in your car and it's going to ask you <gasps> to take them to this gas station. But like, the I think I know what I think I know what road you're talking about. Granted, yeah, I've know- never been out that way past no. midnight. Well, he never makes but- it to the gas station. Like if you get him in your car or whatever, <gasps> like by the time you get close to the gas station, he's not there. Would you guys do Whoa. That? If you saw that, if you saw a hitchhiker, would you stop and let him in your car? Because you knew the legend. <laughs> if someone else is in the car, maybe. If I'm yeah. alone, sorry yeah. about you. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, bro. I'm, I'm speeding out. Yeah. If one of like you two or like Wes is in the car, mm, I'd think about it. <laughs> yeah. I think Wes would be just looking at you like, no, no. Like, what are you doing, Morgan? Psycho what the head? heck? <laughs> so yeah, if, one, if we're in the car, we should go try it. Let's go try and Okay. Okay. I said that. You're going to hear me scream like a little girl. Like, <laughs> wait, I don't want to. Wait, uh, shotgun. So cool. Shotgun. I don't want to be in the back with him. Shotgun. <gasps> I'll be in the back. <laughs> of course you'll be in the back. <laughs> All right. Uh, listeners, stay tuned uh, for a future episode of our trip to ep- episode to wow to route 100 or whatever Sarah said to pick up a hitchhiker. BRB. <laughs> We're going to live stream it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God. Well, all right. Is that all we got, ladies? Hell yeah. All right. Oh, I like that determination. (laughs) So we hope this was enough sinister sunrise to get you through your day and that it measures up to our contest's winners, our contest winner's favorite episode, which was Jonestown. I saw a lot of votes for Jonestown. That was a, a pretty heavy hitter. Yeah. Um, so thanks to everyone for all the submissions. 
We appreciate all the love we got. Um, but drum roll, please. We did pick a winner. Woo! <laughs> Miss Megan A. from St. Louis. You will hey. be getting a Sinister Woo. Sunrise mug. Thank you so much. Yes. It was so fun. It was such a good giveaway. Definitely, I'm sure we'll do another one in the future because it was awesome and so yeah. fun. And I like seeing everyone's comments about what their favorite topics or episode was. Yes. So that's cool to see too. Yeah. Yep. Like it's cool to see what really interests you guys and the way you like us to present it. So always any ideas you have, anything you want us to talk about, send it in. We are here for you. We are dancing monkeys. Um, <laughs> and Megan A, you'll be getting a mug. Yeah. And then you can send those topic ideas oh, to right. at, uh, yeah. <laughs> to, well, sinister sunrise at gmail.com. And you yeah. can head over to our Instagram to see our posts. We like to post little uh, picture <laughs> clues for our future stories um, on our Insta at Sinister Sunrise Podcast. And then head on over to Apple Podcast and, yeah. you know, leave us a rating and a review that really helps us out. And we really appreciate it. So thank you, guys. We've been calling to the glue for a long time, folks. I don't know what else we expect. <laughs> I mean, honestly, guys, at this point, like, you can find us on Insta just by searching our name. It's in our show That's notes. true. Come on. Follow us, because we love you. We want to feel the love, too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs>